Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast has been brought to you by Paleo Valley. They are one of my favorite companies because their products are super pure, full of incredible ingredients. And I want to tell you about their meat sticks. They have 100% grass-fed beef, pasture-raised turkey meat sticks that my family and I love. My kids love these because they have tons of flavor. They're completely free of carbs and sugar, and they have probiotics in them as well. So they're great for your gut, great for supporting your appetite, your satiety levels. They help you uh, feel satiated, and they help you burn fat for fuel. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, and preservative-free. So they are the top of the line. They've got some great flavors that you will absolutely love. And now you can use my coupon code. Jockers, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com, and enter Jockers at checkout, and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. I mean, my kids love these, my family loves these, and I know you will as well. So try them out, Paleo Valley and I know you're gonna love them. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast. And I've got a great guest today. This is Kristen Blake. She is an integrative holistic nutritionist. She's certified through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and the American Holistic Health Association. And she's certified in the Autoimmune Paleo Protocol, which is a fantastic nutrition program has helped a lot of people with autoimmune conditions. And you can find her at kristenblakewellness.com. Of course, we'll have all the links in the show notes that you can check out. But uh, Kristen is also the, the wife of Stephen Blake, who's a basketball player, NBA player. And uh, that's interesting as well. So uh, really, really excited to hear more about her story and how she got going with this. So Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I've been following you for a while and I love everything you do. And I feel like we have the same mission, like to really empower and educate people to take back their health. So I'm really excited to be here today. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I've, I've followed your Instagram and you always have really good posts that you put up and uh, really getting people to think through how they're taking care of their health and uh, you know their nutrition. So it's really good. Um, so tell us your story and how you really got started with this. 
Yeah, so I have a really long, windy story that I'm going to try to condense into uh, the shortest version possible, but there's really two paths that led me to where I am now, and they kind of converged. So one is my husband's career in the NBA, and then the other is my chronic illness. And so those sound totally unrelated, but they actually came together. So my whole life growing up, I was sick. I had weird rashes and fevers and I would catch everything and anything. And no doctor could t ever tell me what was wrong with me. They just kind of made it sound like it was what it was. Like you're just that person that just gets sick all the time. And they made it seem normal that I'd get 104 fever for a week straight out of nowhere. And so I actually started to believe it and was just like, well, this is just my life. I guess it is what it is. And didn't know what was wrong with me. And then um, met my husband in college. We got married right after we had kids right after we had three kids in three years. And my health just tanked, just completely mm. crashed. And it got so bad that there was one time I passed out. He caught me right before my head hit the floor. I seized, my eyes were back in my head. I mean, it was really horrible. Woke up to my t toddler standing over me, like crying. And I was like, okay, something's, this is not normal. I don't care what they told me. There's something going on and I need to figure out what it is. And so that kind of started this mission in me to figure out what was going on by myself. I finally realized no one else is going to figure this out for me. I had seen every top doctor, immunologist, everybody can think of, and nobody knew. So I decided, okay, I'm going to figure this out for myself. Well, around that same time, my husband signed with the Los Angeles Lakers, and they had brought on Dr. Kate Shanahan, who is an amazing nutritionist, hmm. doctor, and she started teaching the guys and their families and the trainers and everybody about nutrition and about how important it is and teaching them an anti-inflammatory diet, a low sugar diet, just really this healing diet, lots of bone broths and things like this, an ancestral paleo type of diet. And since I had already started this mission to figure out my life and take back my health, I was fascinated by it. So I became like the poster child for implementing this. I held um, seminars at my house for all the Laker wives to come over and Dr. Kate would come and teach us how to eat and how to prepare the food. She even taught me how to read labs. So I started learning how to read my husband's labs and figure out what's going on with him to help him um, further his career. Now, the average length of the MBA career is actually only two years, which is mm. crazy. And my husband went on to play over 13 years. He played 13 years in the NBA and then um, went overseas to Australia for a year as well. So he had an incredibly long career and I credit so much of that to what Dr. Shanahan taught me and a big turning point for my husband because he didn't really believe in this whole thing. I was like all in with like health and wellness and nutrition, like trying to fix myself. And he was like, okay, that's cool for you, but I'm going to go over here and go to McDonald's. And um, he tore his collateral ligament off the bone, which if you saw, it looks like his arm got ripped off. He ran by, his arm got caught in someone's jersey and it just ripped his arm right off. Um, and so he had a choice to either do Tommy John surgery, which is probably would have been career ending for him at the age he was at in the stage of his career or try to heal it holistically. And so I, of course, voted for the latter and that's what we did. So we did PRP and really intense nutrition changes for him. No sugar, all anti-inflammatory. Um, we really went hard on the bone broth and things like that. And six weeks later, his ligament had actually completely re-adhered to the bone all all by itself. He never needed surgery, never needed any further intervention. But the really cool part for him was that when he returned to play, he was like, my knees feel 20 years younger. 
So he mm. was able to play so much longer because we had gotten rid of that inflammation and really started to heal things from the bottom up. And that's what I'm all about is root cause healing. And so we were able to heal his gut and get rid of inflammation. Not only did that help his elbow, but his knee as well. And so he finally was hooked. And so then our whole family got on board. And that gave me even more fuel to keep going and to really figure out, okay, what is going on with me? So basically the, the short version of it is I figured out that getting bit by ticks growing up in New England almost every day and living in a moldy house is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so I had sort of diagnosed myself eventually with chronic Lyme disease and chronic inflammatory response syndrome. Once I had those diagnoses, I was able to go and find a doctor that knew what they were and specialized in them. And, and together we were able to help get me well and to help me heal. And that's part of my mission today is to educate and empower people to know like you don't have to accept the diagnosis that you're given of this is just the way it is and there's nothing you can do about it. Like there's always something you can do about it. And it took me a long time to get to that point, but I am so much better now, so much healthier now, and I don't pass out anymore, and I'm fully functional, and I was able to then take all that extra energy I had and go back to school, like you said, go to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, get certified in the autoimmune protocol, and then right now I'm finishing um, my Master's of Clinical Nutrition and Human Performance as well. So that's my story. <laughs> wow, what a story, and there's so much in there that I'd love to talk about but um you know you talked about the lime how so you had three kids in three years and i know with our family we had twins and then two years later we had a little girl and i know that was just so challenging for my wife um and really for a woman having a baby i mean it's like the super bowl for an athlete like you train your whole life you have you give everything you've got you know the good thing for the athlete is they have the off season right so they're going to give everything they've got and then they've got the off season for the woman, she gives birth and then she's going to be kept up all night, right? Because she's got to take care of the baby now. So yeah. it's so traumatic on the body. And what was your health like before you had the babies? And then obviously having three children, how do you feel like that stressor really sent you over the edge? Yeah, I think it really depleted me. Um, yeah not having enough time in between the pregnancies either was also, I just wasn't able to rebuild my body. Um, I think it taxed my adrenals. I think it messed with my hormones. Um, my health wasn't great before, but it was to the point where I could kind of ignore it. And I was young, I was in my early twenties and I could kind of just get by. I could just, just barely get by. So I was getting sick all the time. I didn't feel good, but I could function. And then after having kids, it was like, there was nothing left in the tank. There was no reserves, completely yeah. depleted from every level. And I just couldn't function anymore at all. Yeah. And you're passing out. That sounds a lot like POTS, like postural orthostatic hypertension uh, mm -hmm. syndrome. And yeah. so, uh, and that oftentimes is associated with Lyme. Do you feel like you had Lyme disease before you had the children and then the stress is really what activated it and didn't allow you to heal and repair? Yeah, I think it was two things was um, I the Lyme and then on top of that, the house we were living in when I was having mm. all the kids was moldy. And so I had two oh, triggers. Yeah. Why I think it was so severe and traumatic for me was I had that mold reactivating the Lyme. Um, I got bit by ticks all the time when I was a kid mm. and nobody ever back then said anything about it. It was like, oh, you got to take, you just pulled it. I just, he was treated with antibiotics. 
And um, as your listeners might know, 25% of people that contract Lyme disease get the bullseye rash. So I was in that 75%. No one ever said anything to me about Lyme. I probably contracted it as a child and, um, you know, nobody said anything. And so it just kind of went on untreated. And I think it just slowly kept suppressing my immune system more and more, which is why I was sick all the time my whole life and nobody knew why. I think it just really tanked my immune system. And then that trigger of having kids and then living in the moldy house. And it was like game over. I had so much inflammation in my body and it, I just couldn't function. And like you said, I'm pretty sure I had POTS. Um, and treating that, you know, treating the Lyme and treating the mold illness got rid of the POTS instead of just trying to deal with the POTS with, you know, putting salt in my water and things like that. I'm glad that I was able to treat it at the root because I don't pass out anymore. I don't have any signs of POTS anymore. I'm totally fine going from sitting to standing and all that good stuff. So. So where did you start? Did you start with just changing your diet? And this is before you really knew about functional medicine, um, just making some diet changes and how far along did that help you in your health journey? Yeah, that's exactly where I started. I was changing my diet, working with Dr. Kate. I went gluten-free, dairy-free, anti-inflammatory healing kind of paleo type mm -hmm. diet. And um, I'd say that got me maybe like 30% better. It got me to the point where I was like, okay, I can actually function enough to then go deeper into my health and research some more and figure out what else is going on. And so everything I did just kind of kept moving the needle a little bit more and a little bit more. And I worked on nutrition, sleep, stress, um, gut healing, and then started to really go after the Lyme and the mold and things like that. But I don't think I would have had the energy to do that had I not done the foundational things first to just kind of give me enough fuel to get through the next part of my treatment, which then got really intense. I was doing sauna therapy, hyperbaric chambers, IVs, um, cavitation surgery. I did everything under the sun, um, but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was where I was before, which was like basically bedridden and passing out all the time. You don't have the energy to go through those things. So that's why those foundations were really important for me. Yeah, for sure. And and you talked about the autoimmune paleo diet. Obviously, you've got a certification in that. Can you explain more about that for our listeners and your experience using that, not only for yourself, but also with your clients? Yeah. So, and I did use it for myself and found it really helpful because I had positive ANA markers at one point, went through the autoimmune protocol, and now my markers are negative. So for me, it was really, really successful. Um, and so basically what the autoimmune paleo diet is, is it's not just diet, it's diet and lifestyle, which is why I think it's so powerful. So it goes into um, really taking care of your stress and your sleep and um, your relationship with technology is part of it also. You know, we're all on screens way too much, stressing ourselves out. Um, we talk about your support system. Do you have a network of friends and family that you can lean on? And then the diet part, of course, is the biggest part of it. And so with the autoimmune protocol, you're removing not only the top allergens and the top triggers, um, of allergic responses and sensitivities and intolerances, we are also going a step further. And that's why I think it's so powerful because some people will do an elimination diet and they don't get better because they're not doing that extra step. So that extra step in the autoimmune protocol is removing anything that might irritate the gut 
or trigger the immune system. So there's things that seem really healthy, like ashwagandha is a great adaptogenic herb, but it's stimulating to the immune system, as is elderberry. So a lot of people are out there taking elderberry and ashwagandha and whatever else because they heard, well, those things are good for you. But if you have an immune system that's turned all the way up and it is attacking your body, you don't want to turn it up more. You want to turn it down. So the autoimmune protocol removes inflammatory foods, um, foods that people are typically allergic to, and then also foods that are going to trigger your immune system. And so the goal in all of that is to let your immune system really calm down and then to reseal and reheal the gut. Because as your listeners probably know, leaky gut is the precursor to so many different things. And our immune system lives right behind and the intestinal lining. And so when there's an opening there, things can come through, come into contact with the immune system and cause all of these reactions. Um, one of the things that's been really successful for is Hashimoto's because there's that molecular mimicry with um, gluten and your thyroid. And so if you've got that leaky gut, these gluten molecules are coming into contact with your immune system, your immune system is going to go, oh, this shouldn't be here. Let's attack this gluten. And oops, sorry, we just attacked your thyroid because they look the same. Um, so in AIP, we work really hard to reseal and reheal the gut. So those reactions can't keep happening. Um, another thing that's been really successful in is um, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. They just came out with a study in 2018 um, where they were able to reach clinical remission with no evidence of disease in 78% of the AIP participants. And so these are people that had chronic bloody diarrhea, they're at risk of losing their colon, really severe cases, 78% of them were able to basically be healed from it. Yeah. So really cool diet. Yeah, real promising. Now, what um what does that look like? Like let's talk about the AIP on, on a daily basis. What kinds of foods are people eating? What kind of meals would, would uh, somebody that's on an AIP plan be making? Yeah, so we want to really focus on nutrient density. And that's another key to it is that we don't want to just take away all these foods and then you're left eating lettuce all day. Um, we put in nutrient dense foods. So there's a lot of organ meats. If people will do it, that's always a struggle talking people into eating organ meats. They're like, I don't want to. <laughs> so I try to talk them into the organ meats. Um, real whole foods, fruits and vegetables. And so we are eliminating nightshades and seeds and nuts and gluten and dairy um, and grains. So you take all of those out and you're still left with tons of fruits and vegetables and protein. And so that's the cornerstone of it is fruits and vegetables, as long as they're not nightshades um, and good quality protein. So we also talk about quality in there. We want it to be grass fed beef, free range chicken, really good quality meat so that you're giving your body the most nutrient dense healing foods possible. Yeah, and so when we talk about nightshades, the main foods that people are eating in nightshades are going to be tomatoes, white potatoes, not sweet potatoes, but white potatoes, or really white or red potatoes, kind of your traditional potato. Um, eggplant is another big one. And I guess ashwagandha would be in that category too. Paprika, uh, paprika is um, a lot of the hot peppers, peppers. Yeah, those are really, really common as well. And especially I see a lot of people that have chronic pain seem to do do well coming off of that. I think the research says about 24% of the population struggles with nightshade vegetables. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, high propensity of those people are people that have chronic symptoms uh, and chronic autoimmune types, types of uh, conditions. 
So let's talk about some lab markers, lab markers that you saw um, when you originally got your labs done that mm -hmm. you needed to address, and then also lab markers that you're seeing on the clients that you're working with. Yeah, so we had that ANA marker that, that, yeah. that I worked to reverse, and then I followed Shoemaker Labs for a while. So Shoemaker Labs go along with chronic inflammatory response syndrome, yeah. mold illness. So we were looking at TGF-beta, VEGF, MMP9, MSH, um, C4A, C3A. Um, so those were really key to follow and see, is this working? Is this not working? And there was even a point where I fired one of my doctors. We were mm. going along and we we're doing the shoemaker labs and there was no change, not only in my labs, but how I felt. And I think it's important to remember both of those matter. Um, so how do you feel and what do your labs say? And so I just wasn't getting better. So I worked with a different practitioner and we moved into a little bit more of a uh, Neil Nathan style instead of just strict shoemaker style because mm. everyone is different. And for me, the well call and the polystyramine just wasn't doing me any favors. And so I needed to move over to more natural binders and things like that. And then we started to see some of those inflammatory markers get lower. Yeah. Um, I also did urine mycotoxin tests to look at the, the load of mycotoxins in my urine. Is that the uh, Great Plains mycotoxins test? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And just, just for the listeners out there, the Shoemaker protocol, that's more of the uh, uh, chlorostyramine, right, mm -hmm. as the, the main binder. Yep. And then the the Neil Nathan, is he what's he using? More of like activated charcoal and some different more natural binders. Neolite, bentonite, Neolite, yeah. uh, bentonite clay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I rotated through some of those different more natural binders. Zeolite for me was really key. And it depends what kind of mold you're exposed yeah. to and all that kind of stuff. But um, but I rotated through binders. I did a lot of spawnotherapy that was also mm -hmm. really helpful. Um, yeah. and that was of the shoemaker protocol but that was something that my new doctor that i worked mm. with recommended and so i bought a sauna because yeah. i did not want to go drive somewhere five days a week to use a sauna so it was yeah. one of the best investments i've ever made though because i even put my kids in there yeah. um, because even after that we've had three other mold exposures we just have mm. the worst luck with molds when we moved to arizona for my husband to coach for the sons um the house that we bought had mold in it so we're like Let's get out of here. So we moved into an apartment, started detoxing, doing the saunas and the binders and all that stuff. And luckily I already knew what to do. So we were doing all of that. And we were living in an apartment that had a leak in the pipe in the wall. And it was just this tiny little dripping leak. Wow. So nobody knew about it. And so it went on so long that the whole wall cavity ended up filling with toxic mold and water. And then the only reason we noticed it was A, I felt terrible. I knew something was wrong. I, I can tell immediately mm -hmm. I was falling asleep in the middle of the day again. All of my old symptoms were coming back and I was like, what is going on? I feel like there's mold. But it was a brand new apartment. They had just finished construction right before we moved in. So nobody suspected mold. Um, and then I saw water starting to come up through the floor. <laughs> And that was my cue. Okay, something is really going on here. And so we kind of traced it all back and we hired an inspector and he saw cold spots with a thermal imaging camera in the wall and saw the cold spot was water. He opened up the, the wall and all this mold came out and I grabbed my kids. My husband was out of town at the time. I literally grabbed my kids and threw them in a car and just, just started driving. They were like, where are we going, mom? I'm like, I don't know, I'm gonna find a hotel, but we gotta get out of here, we can't be in this. Um, so then we went through mold detox again mm -hmm. um, and went back to my binders again and my sauna and all that kind of stuff. 
Yes. Yeah, so, so interesting too, because Arizona is supposed to be where you're supposed to move if you don't want to get mold <laughs> exposure, right? Because yeah. of the dryness, but yeah, yeah. you can't account for like a water leak in the pipe. Yeah. yeah so, um, and, and those binders, people don't, just so people know, those binders, what they actually do, like charcoal has this great adsorbency capacity, almost like a sponge, but it doesn't, like when it's squeezed, it doesn't let the, the fluid or whatever it's trapping out. So they bind and they trap. Zeolite does too. Zeolite kind of creates a cage around different biotoxins, and then they help flush it through your system through, you know, like sweating. You can get rid of things through sweating, through urination, through, through um, defecation. I always tell my, my clients, you got to pee and poop your way to good health, right? So um, we got to get it out through those systems. But the binders are really, really key for helping get it out. And, you know, binders, honestly, like taking at least like a, a low dose binder on a regular basis can just be really helpful on a regular basis. Um, you know, there's actually research out there that, taking something like activated charcoal on a daily basis increases longevity. And that's because, you know, and I think David Wolf was the first person I heard say this. He said detox in our society today, detox is more important than nutrition. So we've got to make sure we're moving these toxins out of our system. And a lot of people are not, and it's just so important. And so whether you're dealing with Lyme or mold or whatever it is, doing these types of things are really, really helpful. So what are some other, what are some other markers? Did you, were you dealing with like anemia or anything that you, did you find certain nutrient um, deficiencies that you were struggling with? Yes, I was also anemic. Um, and gosh, it was so many years ago. I'm trying to remember exactly yeah. what, but I, but I figured when you talked about the fatigue, a lot of times we'll see anemia with that. Yeah. Anything that could be wrong with me was, um, I also had a hypothyroidism, yeah. um, and had to take, um, WP thyroid or armor thyroid, whatever one was available at the time. Um, and then kind of try to holistically rebuild my thyroid also with iodine and selenium. Mm-hmm. Um, magnesium was really big for me. I definitely yeah. took a lot of magnesium, a lot of glutathione to help with that detox. Yeah. Like you said, getting these things out was so important. Um, I took a lot of B vitamins. Um, I was just so depleted in everything. So I took a lot of vitamins, a lot of supplements. Um, and I know people with chronic illness are given a lot of supplements and super overwhelming. And it definitely was for me. I was taking probably a hundred pills a day at one point. Um, I actually made a YouTube video the other day with like tips to organize it if you're on all these supplements because it's so overwhelming. So I had this little system with these little baggies that I labeled and I've been able to wean myself off of so many of them. Now I'm just down to kind of like this nice maintenance dose of what I know fuels my body and makes me feel better, but um, I don't need to take iron anymore. The anemia is gone. Um, Definitely kept the B vitamins. I just feel much better when I take those. Um, So yeah. Were you vitamin D deficient as well? Yeah. Yep. Of course. <laughs> really common one, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it was in the, it was in the twenties, which, oh, you yeah. know, conventional doctor would be like, Oh, that's okay. You know, sometimes they'll just kind of ignore that. But, um, the doctors that I was working with were like, Nope, we want you closer to 80. And so I got my numbers up, yeah. um, much higher. That's yeah, a big factor for autoimmunity. A lot of people with vitamin D deficiencies, Will develop autoimmunity because vitamin D really helps tame, balance out your immune system. So that's another big factor with it. Um, yeah. So obviously you're doing a lot of these nutrients and it can be overwhelming for a lot of people. And, you know, the goal is always 
you know, to, to not have it, not have to have a dependency on the supplements. Sometimes you can do that for a while. And then you get to the point where you're really taking them more for performance, right? For optimal performance. And it's just more of a choice rather than something you need to, de- to depend on throughout the day. And how long a process did that take you? How, how long was this healing journey? So there was a year where it was pretty much my full-time job. Um, I was constantly getting IVs or in a sauna or something. Um, so there was about a year where it was super, super intense. And then there was another year where it was a little bit less intense, but I was still really going through a lot of the cavitation surgery and things like that. Um, so I'd say about two years, which I I had set that in my mind too. And I think mindset's really important, but I had made a goal for myself. Mm-hmm. I had heard that for every... Um, year that you have Lyme disease, you should expect a certain amount of months. And so I did the math and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me six years to get better if if I'm the average person. And I, I just refuse to accept that. I'm like, I'm not going to be this sick for six years. So I decided like, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to be better in a year. And I feel like I accomplished that. I worked really hard at it and um, I was able to get a lot better in a year and then make even more progress in a second year. And so now I'm like four or five years out from that. And I'd say I'm at 95%. There's probably, you know, a few other little things that I'm hoping to get that last percent Mm -hmm. eventually, but seeing where I was to where I am now, you know, I was bedridden at a certain point where I really couldn't even get out of bed. Um, And my husband was in Australia and I, I would just drag myself out of bed in the morning just to get my kids on the bus. And I would go back to bed the whole day. And I had to hire help to come over to like get them dinner and help them with homework because I just couldn't function that well. And so going from that to like running a busy nutrition practice and working out again and taking care of my three kids who are now homeschooling, like I am so grateful for where I am now that um, even if I'm at 95%, I'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. What a huge turnaround. The fact that you were bedridden now, obviously you're an entrepreneur running a business, taking care of your family, doing this podcast interview. Uh, that's awesome. So you've come a long way with that. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, the, you talked about cavitations. So let's talk about what was happening with your mouth and how important that is, oral health. Yeah. And so that was another thing that I had figured out myself. I had, you know, been researching what else can I, what other stone can I turn over here in healing for my chronic illness? And I came across cavitations and went to my dentist and said, look, I want to know if I have this. So cavitations are basically a dead spot where your wisdom teeth used to be that didn't heal up well enough. There's not healthy blood flow and healthy tissue there. And so that dead spot is a really great place for Lyme spirochetes or anything else to live and to thrive because antibiotics aren't going to get there. There's no blood flow there. So they get to really take over. Um, it can even go into the jawbone, become necrotic, so it cause a whole lot of issues. And then from that, you see a lot of um, inflammation and kind of mystery symptoms is what I was seeing a lot in my research is things that people might not necessarily correlate to it. So that was a stone I really wanted to overturn and see if that was an issue for me. So I went to my dentist and I had a cone beam scan. So it was about $110. And it's basically just a panoramic x-ray of your mouth that looks at your wisdom teeth removal sites because I had had them removed the way everybody else did. They just yank them out and they sew it up and you move on with yeah. your life. Um, now and this so is unique to the cone beam. Not, not too many dentists do this, right? 
Um, mine does because I have a holistic yeah. dentist. But right. yeah, I think you're right that not every dentist has it. So um, I have some clients that came to me and they're like, how do I find that? I'm like, well, just call, just start calling. Um, I tell people to go to IAOMT, um, which is the where it's easier to search for like a holistic or a biological dentist. And then just start calling and saying, a cone beam scan. Um, so I went to my dentist and had the cone beam scan. And of course, mine was inconclusive. <laughs> so they weren't able to tell me definitively if there was an infection there or not. And so then I had a choice. I could either just go about my life and hope there's nothing there or get in there and open it up. Or my third choice was repeated ozone injections, um, which sounded really terrible to me because you have to get numbed with Novocaine every single time. And they're kind of guessing, like, am I getting the right spot? And you have to do a series of them and you never know, did it work or not, especially if it was inconclusive to begin with. Yeah. So I opted to just go all in as I tend to do and have surgery. So they opened the sites back up surgically and scooped out whatever, you know, infection or stuff mm -hmm. was in there. And then they take a PRF clot, which is kind of like PRP, platelet-rich plasma, but this is the fibrin, and replace that back into the cavitation site so that you get this healthy, like, growth coming back to the area again and then sew that back up and I, I missed a step here at first you have to clean it out with ozone to make sure you really got all the infections so he cleaned it out with ozone put in the clot sewed it back up and so for me when he got in there and started to kind of look around and clean things out he said there were some mild signs of infection um, but it wasn't too severe he said he's seen some people where he cuts it open and black goo just oozes out which is just so gross to think about, but um, it's that what I always tell people about killing parasites or coffee enemas or cavitations or whatever. It's like, it's better out than in. So yeah. a lot of people don't want to think about it. They're like, this is overwhelming. This is gross. I just, I don't even want to deal with it. It's like, well, wouldn't you rather get it out? Um, yeah. And so that was my thought process. I'm like, get this out of me, whatever it is. Um, so he said there's some mild infection. So he cleaned that out. And I did see another kind of bump in my health after I did that. So it was, I'm glad that I did it. It was another thing that I needed to do, I think. Um, so clean the area out with ozone, um, sewed it back up. That was a really difficult recovery, having four yeah. surgical sites in your mouth. I couldn't eat for about two weeks. Wow. Um, it was really, really rough recovery, but I'm still really glad that I did it. Um, How many years ago was that? That was probably like three years ago. Mm, yeah, that's a really big procedure. But a lot of people say that that is a huge needle mover for them on, on their chronic health journey. Yep. So, yeah. That and Marcons was another mm. thing. It was a really yeah. big needle mover for me was dealing with the Marcons, the multiple antibiotic resistance coagulase negative staph, which was yeah. growing in my nose, which a lot of people have after they've had exposure to water damaged buildings mm. and I had been trying to treat it with a couple different types of nose sprays. The Shoemaker um, bag spray yeah. wasn't working for me. So my new doctor put together um, a custom blend from a compound pharmacy that included a little bit more antifungals in there mm. with the antibiotics. And that really did it for me. My brain fog went away. My energy skyrocketed. Mm. I felt so, so much better after that. So basically, you were just eliminating these infections one at a time. Mm -hmm. You have this high infection load. It just wears down your entire system. And you can have infections all over the place, like you guys are, are, are hearing here, in your mouth, in your nose or your sinus cavities, right? In your gut. Of course, that's where most people are thinking in the functional nutrition world. But it can really be all throughout the body. 
I just want to take a moment and interrupt this podcast, tell you about one of my favorite herbal teas. It's called Electric Turmeric from Peak Tea. Turmeric is one of the best herbs for supporting a healthy inflammation response, a healthy immune system, and supporting good, healthy, pain-free joints. And so Peak Tea did something really, really cool. Not only do they have this amazing cold brew crystallization technique that gently preserves active compounds at their maximum potential, they also uh, fermented this turmeric. And so they took this Okinawan fermentation method. Now, Okinawa is a blue zone. It's in Japan, and it's where one of the longest-lived populations lives. And they have been using this sort of fermentation method now for quite a while. And this, this method actually uses a rare mango yeast and a warrior rice wine to extract the maximum amount of nutrients, things like curcumin and tumoroids from the turmeric. And it, uh, it allows it to have superior bioavailability and cellular absorption. And they blended it up with cinnamon and ginger root, which are two of my favorite herbs. Cinnamon is great for blood sugar stability, helping you reduce cravings. Ginger is one of the best things you can do to stimulate your vagus nerve, which actually helps stimulate stomach acid production, bile production, pancreatic enzymes. Vagus nerve plays a role in almost every major organ function. It stimulates our parasympathetic nervous system, so we adapt to stress more effectively. So they put all of this together and they extracted it using this cold brew crystallization that maximally preserves the active compounds within these herbs. And then it's 100% organic and triple toxin screened for pesticides, heavy metals, and toxic mold. Most teas out there, unfortunately, have a lot of these things in them. So you really wanna make sure that it's fully screened and they do it, they actually do it three times to make sure you're getting the highest possible purity. So if you wanna try this amazing electric turmeric uh, peak tea, just go to peaktea.com forward slash drjockers. I have worked out an exclusive discount for you guys. Just use the code jockers at checkout, J-O-C-K-E-R-S at checkout. So again, that's P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A.com slash drjockers and enter jockers at checkout. You guys are gonna love these teas. And so let's talk about some of the things you did for the lime. Um, and mentioning the gut, I had SIBO too, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. So I had to deal with that. That was another piece of the puzzle. Um, yeah. and let's talk, let's I, talk about that first, actually. What did what what is SIBO, and how did you treat that? Yeah, so SIBO is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, mm -hmm. and a lot of people think, well, that must be bad bacteria, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be bad. It's just bacteria where it doesn't belong. So your bacteria should be in your large intestines. Um, that's where it breaks the, down the food, it ferments it. There's space for that. There's room for that. And when that bacteria creeps up into your small intestines, that's when you can get gas, pain, bloating, and either diarrhea or constipation or both, depending on if it's hydrogen dominant, methane dominant, mm -hmm. or combination type. And I had methane dominant 
type. So I had some constipation and gas pain bloating. Um, every time I would eat something, I was in pain and it was way, way worse with carbohydrates. SIBO bacteria love carbohydrates and they're breaking it down and they're fermenting it. That fermentation gives off this gas that causes that expansion and the pain and the bloating and things yeah. like and that. And particularly like foods that we normally think of as healthy, high fiber foods like broccoli mm -hmm. and cauliflower, these foods that are in this FODMAP category, certain type of carbohydrate that's in them that for most people is healthy, supports their, their gut microbiome. But when you have this bacterial overgrowth in the small intestine, it can feed that, cause a lot of gas production and bloating and, uh, and constipation and can cause brain issues and a lot of different issues like that. Yeah. And salad. Um, yeah, you know, salad, salad is raw, one of those things that everyone thinks is so healthy, but yeah. raw vegetables are so high in FODMAPs. Um, mm. So I, I have a lot of SIBO clients in my practice. And so I work on re-educating them on, okay, no, this is healthy, but for now, for you, it's not. So we have to go low FODMAP for a yeah. period of time while we're treating it. Then you can have them back again once it's, once it's gone. Um, and I did have multiple recurrences until I again, figure it out for myself, okay, what's going on and how can I eliminate this once and for all? And um, some reasons why people might have multiple uh, recurrences is if you don't deal with the motility piece, that's huge. So we need motility in the small intestines to kind of wash everything out of the small intestines into the large intestines. And no one had addressed that for me the first time around. So the second time around, we figured that out. Um, I took LDN for my motility, erythromycin is another option, or you can go with something more natural like Ginger is a really great prokinetic, mm -hmm. um, and a prokinetic is what you would take to enhance this motility. So I use Modal Pro a lot in my practice, which is rich in ginger. Um, and so the um, enhancing motility is one piece of it. That ileocecal valve, you need to make sure yeah. that's not stuck open because that's in between the large intestines and the small intestine. That should be closed all of the time until the food needs to go through. It should open and then it should close again. Um, so I've sent people in my practice before to get manual ileocecal valve manipulation. And that has been a game changer for them because it was just stuck open, just allowing this backflow to come back again and again. And then we close it and then they don't have any more recurrence. Um, what else can cause recurrence? Adhesions is another thing. I didn't have any C-sections, but I've had women that have had C-sections. And so for them, they have adhesions that are just making their intestines not work quite right. And so that needs to be manually worked on as well to break down kind of that fascia and get rid of those adhesions. Um, so I did a couple of different things, like I said, because I had a couple recurrences of it, but at the end, a period of a low FODMAP diet, um, rifaximin was the, uh, the antibiotic I took, which is, yeah. it's not systemic. It just stays in your gut, which is why I liked right. that one. And then, the LDN, yeah. Yeah. Yep. and then the LDN to kind of keep that motility going. Um, and then I was able to come bring back in these um, higher FODMAP foods. And I still do not eat grains. I don't eat very high carb. I tend to eat very low carb, higher fat, moderate protein, but I can have salads now. I can have raw vegetables. I can have all that back. And my SIBO has not returned because I kind of dealt with all of those potential underlying causes. And then hypothyroidism is another thing that can be an underlying cause for SIBO because that slows motility down, causes constipation, and then you just get this cycle of you're constipated. So you have SIBO and you have SIBO, so you're constipated. And it kind of never ends until you break that cycle. So luckily I was able to break all of those cycles. And now my SIBO is completely gone. Oh, that's great. And, and, and when was that? When were you dealing with that? 
or at least uh, intentionally creating um, it? That was about probably about four years ago. So that was one of the first things that I dealt with um, before yeah. the mold or the line. But one of the earlier mm -hmm. things I dealt with was Evo, um, kind of healing the gut, figuring that out, and then moved on to mold and line, and then cavitations after that. Yeah. And so let's go back to the Lyme. Uh, Lyme is really a systemic infection, so it can really burrow. The Borrelia can get into all your organ systems, and there's a lot of other co-infections like Babesia and different things like that that can that can take place. They affect your red blood cells. So a lot of different types of anemia oftentimes can be can be related to that. So how did you go about treating that? Yeah, so first I was treated wrong. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about that, and then we went. I found a new doctor and treated it the right way. So the, the wrong way was, let's just give Kristen a whole bunch of antibiotics and not deal with opening detox pathways or drainage pathways. And that was a disaster because everything was dying off and there was nowhere for these toxins to go. So I got really sick. That's when I was bedridden. That's when I was really, really sick. And that could also um, impact SIBO too, taking all those antibiotics. Yeah, yep, exactly. So um, once I kind of figured that out and was like, okay, something is wrong here. I need to figure out how to do it right. I did some research, figured out, okay, I need to open detox and drainage pathways first. Found somebody to help me with that, started doing colonics and working on my liver, castor oil packs, mm. again, using the sauna, um, and really just working on opening all those pathways, making sure everything's working right. And then we went in herbal rep the second time around and it was much more gentle. I had much less Herxheimer reactions, much less die off and detox. Um, and that was really, really effective for me was doing it kind of the more gentle route. We added in some IVs. Um, I did auto, major autohemotherapy, minor autohemotherapy, um, ozone anywhere and everywhere. I did nasal ozone. I did rectal ozone. I did IV ozone. I just did ozone everywhere yeah. to kill everything off. Um, what else did I do? I did a lot of Myers cocktails and things like that just to kind of rebuild my system because it was so depleted dealing with the Lyme. Um, there, and I know you mentioned it affects your blood. There was one point I went yeah. in for a blood draw to just check my markers and see what's going on. My blood was like mud. It just wow. would not move. It had way too much clotting factors. The I had all the co-infections. I had cytolomegalovirus, Ehrlichia, Babesia, Bartonella, anything you could have, I had. Um, and so it really impacted my whole body systemically and my blood as well. And I just remember looking at it and then the nurse was trying everything she could to get it to come out faster. And like two tubes of blood took like 20 minutes, which is ridiculous. And so finally, after I'd gone through a lot of treatments and opening these pathways and killing things off and using more herbs, um, my blood has normalized again, and now my blood draws are completely normal. Um, so that was a piece of it too, was kind of dealing with these weird blood things going on with me. Yeah, that's so good. And you mentioned opening up all those drainage pathways. So castor oil packs, which can really help dilate the, the bile ducts in the liver when you put them over it. The saunas, getting your body sweating, pooping, peeing well, right? Hydrating, all that kind of stuff. So important. So let's coffee talk about- enemas. That was another big one too. What's that? Coffee enemas. Oh yeah, coffee thing. enemas. Yeah, exactly. You do not want to do in the beginning. My doctor is yeah. like, you're going to do this. And I was like, I don't want to, that's weird. And now it's like my favorite thing. I, <laughs> I still do them because yeah. you feel really great after. Um, yeah. Get all these toxins out. It's like you said, oh, yeah. detox is so important and it really is a lifelong thing. We're our yep. world is so toxic. There's toxins in in your home and outside and inside and in your makeup and in your food. Like it's just 
everywhere. So I really mm. feel like everyone should be detoxing all the time. Yeah, it's so true. Now, I want to circle back to the story that you were talking about in the beginning where your husband, where he had torn that ulnar collateral ligament, mm -hmm. and you mentioned bone broth and things like that. And so, you know, it's kind of the law of similars in naturopathic medicine where when you consume foods that have a similar, you know, basically like if you consume joint tissue or collagenous types of proteins, that's going to help support your collagen production, your bones, your joints, different things like that. I think in our society today, it's so easy to just, most people are just living on muscle meats. They never get those collagenous proteins. And we do see so many injuries. And like you mentioned, there's, it's very rare that somebody makes it 13 years, like in the NBA. And that's for a variety of reasons, but one of them is definitely due to injuries. Yeah. Um, and, and so once you started changing your husband's diet, what did you see as far as like his injuries, his recovery time? Yeah, everything got better, which was really cool to see. He started sleeping better. He had more energy mm. during the day. His joints were very, very noticeable for him. Yeah. Um, it's when you play basketball, you're just pounding your joints. You're just running right. up and down this hardwood floor all day long. Um, and he grew up in Miami in a really rough area where they didn't even have good hardwood floors. Like he was playing on concrete and cement his whole life growing up. So his knees were pretty much shot. When he would go and get x-rays, they'd say, you're bone on bone. Like, how are you even functioning? Um, and so we were able to really fix a lot of that and rebuild that by using the bone broth um, and collagen and the whole animal, not just the muscle meats, like you said. Um, Dr. Kate told me, you know, if he's going to have a burger, fry it in bacon fat, you know, get the fat in there. Yeah. If we were doing chicken, keep the skin on, you know, we were eating the whole animal. Bone marrow was another thing yeah. we were doing along with the bone broth. So we were eating all the parts of all the animals. Um, um, I remember one time I was making him um, chicken bone broth and it had the feet in there because the feet yeah. are so gelatinous they and there's like a foot sticking up out of the pot <laughs> and he walked by and was like, what is that? I'm not eating that. I'm like, oh no, that's not for you. Like, this is for me. Oh yeah, I totally fed that to him, but he just didn't know because he was so freaked out by it. So I've worked with other NBA wives and I've told him, just don't cook it in front of your husband because he's going to freak out. Just yeah. feed it to him later. It's totally fine. He'll thank you later because his knees will feel 20 years younger. His joints will be better. Um, and so after we went through that, he was much less injury prone. He had a lot of injuries earlier on in his career um, and tearing different joints and muscles off the bone. Again, he had torn his ab muscle off the bone also, had to have surgery with mesh to put that back on. So a lot of injuries before the nutrition overhaul, almost no injuries after. So it really, really went a long way in making him much more um, hardy and bulletproof and able to play longer with less injuries and faster recovery times, less soreness. Um, and just, he literally felt younger and looked younger out there, had kind of more spring in his step again, instead of being like kind of dragging himself around the court, he just had so much more to give. Yeah, it's so good. Cause a lot of these guys, I mean, they eat terrible diets and they can get by just on sheer genetics and athletic talent until they're, I don't know, maybe late 20s. Yeah. But then they go downhill quickly if they're not taking care of their body. Unless they're one of the elite guys, they go down here quickly. And so what did you see? Like, 
obviously the Lakers brought in Dr. Kate Shanahan and she had a different mindset. She was more of a functional nutrition, functional medicine practitioner. And so she brought in a different mindset than most other, you know, that these guys probably had ever, ever heard about in college or anything like that. Cause back then they're, they're more about just getting the calories in maybe more protein, stuff like that. That's really all the information they're hearing. So how did the team take her? Like, how did they respond to the information she was giving? Yeah, it was interesting because everybody is going to be a little bit different. Um, Kobe Bryant was all in. He has always taken such good care of his body, and um, he was really leading the charge on that. Which Um, is helpful because he was the leader, obviously, the icon of the team. So that really helped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Steve Nash also did a really great job of working really hard on his body. I mean, he played until he was 40, which is completely unheard of Um, he did have a lot of injuries towards the end but he was 40 most guys are done playing in their late 20s so that even that was still really impressive Um, and then my husband got talked into it after he tore his on the collateral ligament and saw how amazing it was Um, and then you had someone like Dwight Howard who Mm -hmm. he tried but it was (laughs) when she came in he was eating the equivalent of 20 candy bars a day worth of sugar Wow. Um, I remember her yeah. kind of giving up that stat and he had chronic back pain. He had had an injury that he could not heal from. And it's mm-hmm. because he was so inflamed because he was right. eating so much sugar. And so she was able to help with that, help him kind of rehab from that, fix his recovery. But he still kind of didn't fully commit. He was a little bit harder to bring along. And then there was some, some of the young guys, they just did not care because they yeah. didn't feel it. Like you said, you can get away with it a little bit longer. And so they uh, didn't listen for a while. It's funny. One of the guys were on the team with five years later, his wife was like, okay, now he's ready. Can you help me with this? And so I've been kind of helping them out. Um, and it is a lot different now than it was then. So back then, like you said, it was like, here's this bar and here's this protein shake and just get all your calories in and whatever. And so she he was revolutionary then. Um, and now it's a lot more mainstream and a lot more common, a lot more guys are getting on board with this. Steph Curry takes really good care of his mm. body. LeBron James takes really good care of his body. Um, and I was able to work with um, an NBA draft prospect um, this year and getting him ready for oh, the draft. Awesome. And I was so proud of him because he's yeah. young and he's at the stage where he could just ignore it and not care. But he came to me and said, I want to have a long career and I want to get a leg up and I want to be the best I can be. So what should I do? And so I was able to work with him implementing all of these things that we've talked about, like bone broths and organese and the whole animal and removing the sugar and removing inflammatory foods, getting rid of refined carbs and only focusing on real whole food, um, complex carbohydrates. Um, He wanted to lose some body fat also to get ready for the draft. And I had him just doing really simple things. Um, I call it fasted cardio, but it really wasn't. It was just go for a walk in the morning. Um, Intermittent fasting. Yeah, Yeah, it was really just a compressed feeding window, intermittent fasting. And the only cardio was, it was just walking. It was just get your body moving. Let's get those fat cells kind of burning and and turn everything on. You've been fasting all night. So you're tapped into your testers already. Let's continue that a little bit further. Get outside. I also was hoping it would help reset his circadian rhythm um, because he had difficulty sleeping at night. And so I wanted him to get that exposure to the sun first thing in the morning. So I said, when you wake up in the morning, go outside, take a walk, get that exposure to your eyes. That should help reset your circadian rhythm. That should help you burn more fat, fat stores. And he did it a month in and he was really skeptical. He's looking at me like, you want me to just walk? Like, shouldn't I be doing CrossFit or HIT or something? Like, 
give me a month just to walk. If it doesn't work, then you can jog. Totally, we'll, we'll try that. But I didn't want to um, deplete his body at all to take away from his workouts because he was working out three times a day yeah. already. Right, so right. Want to add to that? So I said, just let's give this a try. If it doesn't work, sure, we'll turn it up. And it worked. He, a month later, he was like, "This is the leanest I've ever been in my whole life." So that was a really great wow. success story. And was, again, so proud of him because he's young. So he could have probably just not cared, but he cared. And I think he's going to have a much longer career than someone that doesn't. So I think that's awesome. Well, that's and it's really good to see that the culture is starting to shift and change in that way. And I, you know, a lot more of these NBA players should be working with somebody like you to really give them a lot of guidance and this it'll, it'll obviously improve their draft stock, their risk of injury, um, the longevity of their career, their, you know, just everything about what, how they're, they're playing in their career. And so, and your husband's still involved in the NBA. Is he doing coaching or like consulting or anything like that? Yeah. So last year he coached for the Phoenix Suns and mm-hmm. did a great job and he loved it, but he yeah. really struggled being away from us so much. Yeah. So he, for 13 years, he's been away from his family, he travels all the time. And we were really used to it. And we're like, okay, we can do this again. This is yep. going to be fine. It's, it's a hard life. A coach, yep. it's a hundred times worse. Right. We saw him probably an hour a week. Wow. For 10 yep. months. So he would leave the house at six in the morning to go and get in there early and review film and get ready for the practice. And then he would coach the practice. And then he'd stay after the practice to work with the guys um, that maybe weren't playing in the game that night to make sure that they got their workouts in. And then from there, he'd get ready for the game. And then from there, he would coach the game. And then after that, he'd review film again for the next day and he'd come home at 3 a.m. So it was crazy. And so towards the end of the year, he was kind of getting a little burnt out. And he's like, I really miss you guys. I really want to be home. And so we kind of thought about it. We prayed about it. We weren't quite sure what he was going to do. And then they announced the bubble um, with COVID. And they said, you can't see your family for four months. And he's like, I'm out. (laughs) So he actually stepped down, asked his head coach if it was okay if he retired and left and he gave him his blessing. And so he stepped down. And so he is doing all the things in our house right now. He is helping take care of the kids. He's coaching all of my basketball teams. He's doing and the, the dishes and the laundry and I work like 70 hours a week. And so it's this really fun role reversal where before he was gone all the time and I took care of everything. And so now he's getting to do all that uh, not so fun stuff that isn't the best anyway. And so I get to now focus on, you know, what I'm doing to help people and do what I've been passionate about for a really long time, which is for people take control of their lives and get their health back. So it's been just a really fun journey that we've been together for over 20 years. And so we've had some really interesting twists and turns. We've lived everywhere, moved all over the place. And so this is where we are now. So yeah. That is great. And how old are your kids? Um, So we have three boys and they are 10 and 11 and 13. They're very active, um, very into sports. Um, My oldest especially is an amazing basketball player. He's um, playing with some of the top kids in the entire country right now. We're getting ready to take him to a tournament in Idaho because you can't play basketball in Oregon. Um, So we are going to Idaho for him and his team to play. Um, And my husband loves coaching. Like he's never going to stop coaching. It's going to be a matter of where and when and on what level. And so he's coaching um, my son's team right now and just loves it. He's so good at it. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a fun age to start getting involved in coaching as well. And um, how are your kids doing with, with the nutrition? So obviously, you know, they see all their friends eating junk food and things like that. So what are some strategies you've used with the kids? 
Yeah. So, and they do whine a little bit, you know, all my friends eat gushers at lunch. <laughs> um, luckily they're old enough now where they, I can explain to them why and they understand and they get it. And especially my oldest, he wants to be his dad. He wants to play in the NBA. So he's like, all right, what do I got to do? What do I got to eat? Where do I got to be? I'm all in. I've got him taking turmeric after his, um, practices for anti-inflammatory. Nice. He goes in the sauna to activate those heat shock proteins. He does Epsom salt baths when he's sore. So he's like all in on the health and nutrition, which is great. My younger ones, like they're still, you know, there's a little bit of bribing involved, but they, they understand, they get it. They're on board yep. with it. Um, again, when they're at school, they're like, mom, all of my friends eat this and all of my friends do that. I'm like, I know, but aren't you so lucky that you get a health coach nutritionist mom and you get to be healthy and they're like okay <laughs> um so <laughs> they kind of deal with it and the biggest thing is we just don't have anything in the home that is going to be i mean it's it makes it so much easier so people will come to me and be like i want my kids to eat healthy and like, tell me a little bit more about that well we've got you know this cabinet of all these snacks and they go in there all the time and i'm like well maybe don't have the cabinet of all snacks you don't want them to eat um if everyone's on the same page, it makes it a lot easier. And I know it's hard to get everyone on the same page because it was hard for me. It took me years to rip gluten out of my family's hands and, um, and start giving them vegetables and things like that. So it doesn't have to be like this scary, huge overnight thing for us. It was a gradual process. It took many, many years to get to where we are now where we just don't have junk food in our house like and if they want cookies they can have cookies i'll make them a cookie yeah. it's like a grain-free gluten-free cookie that's healthy and we'll use um you know high cacao chocolate chips instead of just like dairy and sugar yeah. and like low quality so they still can eat things that they want it's just made in a healthier way and we avoid the fake food dyes and the preservatives and chemicals and things like that um, and another thing that I taught them was food dyes. So I did some work for a drink company called K Plus, which was started by LeBron James' wife, um, and then also my friend Valana. And they wanted to make a healthy organic sports drink for kids. Mm. And so they asked me some of the research. Yeah, because contrary to popular opinion, Gatorade is not healthy at all. <laughs> <It's terrible. laughs> yeah, that was definitely not healthy. It's all <laughs> yeah. sugar and chemicals. Yes. And that was one of the first things I taught my NBA player I worked with. I was like, when they hand you Gatorade, just dump it out and grab some yeah. water, with some electrolytes in it, things like that. But um, so I did some back end research for them on um, for some marketing and things like that so that they would have some market research. And I brought to them and then to my kids the study called the Southampton Sticks. Are you familiar with that study? I'm not. No. Um, so it was um, looking at six food dyes and mm -hmm. the effects on children. And it was done in Southampton, England. And what they found was that these food dyes led to an increase in hyperactive activity. Oh, I am familiar with that one. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that led to, in the European Union, labeling. So anything yeah. with artificial food dyes in it has a big giant label that says may cause hyperactivity in children and they have way less adhd over there than we do here um and so i taught my kids that i'm like look if you're eating food dyes you're not going to be able to focus school is going to be harder basketball is going to be harder everything is going to be harder so that's why we don't eat gushers and fruit by the foot like your friends do and that's why we're eating actual 
cool food. Um, and so they started to understand that and how red dye number 40 causes zinc wasting, um, where the kids are just urinating all of this zinc out and your brain needs zinc to focus. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I try to educate my kids in a way that's not too overwhelming, but so that they understand I'm not doing this because I mean, I'm doing this for your benefit. There's a reason. Um, and that's really helpful now that they're older. When they were younger, I just snuck things in. I would like puree smooth, uh, spinach into their smoothies and I'm like throwing things in their sauces. They had no idea what they were eating. Now that they're older, I respect them. We have conversations about it and they can understand it better. Well, that's so good. Seems like you're doing a great job and it's easier to get the collagen proteins too now because they have like collagen bars and bone broth bars and all kinds of stuff like that too that they can be yeah. using, you know, especially when they're athletes and, you know, for snacks and whatnot. Uh, so I think that's really helpful too. Well, this has been a great interview. Let, let's let's finish up by talking about what kind of clients, like what, what's the demographic of clients that you're typically working with online and how do people uh, find out more about you and how do they set up a consult to work with you? Yeah, so my main client right now is women that do not feel good. So busy, overwhelmed, overworked, depleted moms that have either stomach irritations or they're tired or they've got headache. They just don't feel good. And so the women that are watching this right now, they're going to know they're like, oh, that's me. They just, they can't put their finger on it, but they just don't feel good. And so I help them take back their health by laying those foundations that we talked about earlier. Those foundations that I needed to do for Lyme are the same for so many other things, whether you have SIBO or Lyme disease or mold illness or whatever, you still need to fix your gut. You need to work on your sleep, work on your stress, work on your nutrition. So I do those foundations with everyone. I use a lot of functional lab testing as well. Um, thyroid panels are huge. Everyone comes to me with a TSH and says, the doctor said I'm normal. I had a girl yesterday I talked to, her TSH was eight. Wow. I mean, and they said it, it was normal. We wanted to, and her yeah. doctor told her it was normal. And she has every symptom of Hashimoto's in the books. And she was, she's been told for years it was normal. And so she finally found me because I have a YouTube video on thyroid where I talk about if you have these symptoms, look into this. This is the real range of tests you need to do, not just TSH. And this is why. Yeah. So she saw that video and came to me and was like, I think there's something going on. So we're going to run a full panel on her. We're going to look at the antibodies. We're going to look at T3. We're going to look at T4. So I run thyroid testing. I use the GI map a lot, which is yeah. a gut test to look at what is going on in there. Do we have an overgrowth or do we have a lack of diversity? What's going on in there? Um, and then I also really like the Dutch test, which looks at the mm -hmm. hormones and all the pathways that your hormones go down, which is so key too, because a lot of people also will come to me and say, I think I have estrogen dominance should I do something to lower my estrogen well well do you have estrogen dominance because your estrogen is too high or do you have estrogen dominance because your um, progesterone is too low but maybe your estrogen is normal so again it's all about the root cause it's all about what I do is getting to the root root cause healing figuring out what's going on and then fixing those foundations to help rebuild them and then at the end of working with me my goal is that they feel amazing they get their life back they have their health back they can be the mom they want to be they can be the business woman they want to be basically myself, like I was, I felt terrible and now I feel amazing and I feel like I can have my life back and I want to give that to other moms. So that's my main demographic. That's my passion is helping other moms through what I went through. Um, so, and I just started building a team, which I'm really excited about. I have two registered dietitians on board with me. Um, one is certified in AIP. The other one is certified in, um, 
eating disorders, diabetes, chronic disease management. So no matter what people come in with, I do the screening calls, I do the discovery calls, I figure out what I think is going on, and then I bring my team members in as appropriate. Um, I have been just so excited about this new team approach that I'm doing because I think my clients are going to get the best of everything. And so, I know a lot, but I don't know everything. And so I've got this dietitian over here that knows this and this one over here that knows that. And so to come on board and work with us, all you have to do is apply. It's on my website. You just click on the work with me, scroll down to heal from within. That's the name of my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. That's kind of the foundation of what I do. And when you click the apply button, I'll get to see what's going on with you and kind of do a little pre-screen. And so if I feel like I can help you, then we'll get on a call together and we'll figure out exactly how I'm going to help you with my team and we'll move forward from there. If there's something that's out of my scope, like I don't, I don't do cancer treatment or anything like that, of course. So if there's something that's out of my scope, then I would refer to someone else. I've through the years, through all my illnesses, um, kind of have this really great Rolodex of doctors that I've worked with, so I can refer out as needed. So applying to work with me is the next best step, and then we can kind of take it from there and see how we can help you get your health back. Well, Kristen, you are doing great work and really serving a lot of people, and I just want to acknowledge you for that, for the perseverance uh, that and the drive you had to get yourself healthy and all the work that you did on your own body, obviously, and, and then also your knowledge level that you have really sought after all this education. And um, you know, you're as knowledgeable as anybody that I talk to on a regular basis, all the different doctors that, I, that I'm uh, conversing with on a regular basis. So you're really sharp, you're doing a great job helping a lot of people. And uh, thanks for coming on the podcast and just giving us such great information here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Again, I'm just so honored to be here and you're doing amazing work too. So thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Kristen. And so it's kristenblakewellness.com. We'll have a link in the show notes. So check her out and we'll see you guys in a future podcast. Be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.